And like all of us, if we should live and die of natural causes before the Lord's second coming, we will all follow the same path. Jesus lived, Jesus died. The difference is death could not hold our Savior. The difference is Jesus resurrected from the grave in three days. The difference, 40 days later, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. The difference is Jesus is coming again. He's coming for his church, the redeemed of the Lord. He who has come to save completely, wholly, our whole spirit, souls, and bodies. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. So today we're going to look at a message. I've already introduced this to you, but free indeed from John 8.36. And we're going to see the image of God, our first point. The second point, the freedom of our spirits. The third point, the freedom of our souls. The fourth point, the freedom of our bodies. As we have memorized already, I know you guys got it down. John 8.36, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And so, Father, we ask that you would bless the teaching of your word. Help us to hear, you, Lord, your voice through your spirit to our spirits this day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Only a few have seen our resurrected Savior. Mary Magdalene, the first, Peter, John, Paul, a few others in Scripture testified of seeing our risen Lord. The rest of us wait to see our Lord one day. And when we see the Lord, we will have a completion of our faith, the salvation of our souls. Charles Spurgeon said, free will carried many a soul into hell, but never a soul into heaven. We have free will right now. But our free will will not get us into heaven apart from the grace of Jesus Christ and the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. Finally, we find the necessity of the freedom of our bodies. Remember 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Now, if the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, your whole body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our body, soma in the Greek, soma in the Greek. That's an easy one. What it says in the Greek, it is in the English. You don't have to try to figure out how to say it. Soma, it speaks about, when you come to the Greek word, it could talk about plant life, tree life, grass that grows, but also 
specifically of our bodies, the living being. And we find the soma is the instrument of our spirit and our souls. The soma becomes that instrument. Our body is that instrument of our spirit and soul through which we can worship God. So it's the means today by which we worship God. It is that which we can identify with one another, our soma, our bodies. We worship God. We can express it through our bodies. While we worship God in the spirit, while our soul longs for the living God, it's through our physical bodies that we're able to express that worship of Jesus Christ in tangible ways. John 3, 5, and 6, we go back to Nicodemus again. Jesus said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Unless you are born again, you must be born again. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus asked God, How can a man be born again? Can a man who is old be put back into the womb of his mother? Nicodemus was thinking fleshly. It's like, wait, this doesn't work. He had a mental picture that was just wrong. And Jesus said, no, that which is born of water, talking about the physical birth, that which is born of water, born of the flesh, is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Just as we have been born physically, being born of water, we also must be born spiritually, born of the Spirit. Both were beyond our own doing. There was a man, I believe it was last year or two years ago, that wanted to sue his parents for being born. He was like 38 years old, and he he thought, man, I didn't ask to come into this world, so mom, dad, you need to take care of me forever. He was a baby that never grew up. We hate to see our babies grow up, but you don't want your babies to say babies and never grow up. He sued his parents. It was in Europe. What happens in Europe probably won't stay in Europe. He said, I didn't ask to be born. So mom, dad, you need to take care of me. He's just a fat little baby. He wants his bottle and he doesn't mean maybe. A line from an Amy Grant song from a long time ago. (laughs) That which is born of flesh is flesh. We didn't ask to be born into this world, but we were brought into this world. We were brought into a world that that is fallen. And we were brought into this world as fallen creatures in need of salvation through Jesus Christ. Our spirits need to be birthed something which only God can do. Only through faith in Jesus Christ does our spirit find its rightful position, thus bringing our whole spirit, soul, and body, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, into fellowship with the triunity of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it is through our soma, our flesh, the instrument of our spirits, our bodies, our souls, that we can express our worship of God and seek salvation that only God can provide. All three must work together, the whole spirit, soul, and body, that he would redeem us completely, wholly, 
both spirit, soul, and body. And sadly, many believe in the church today that we're able to separate these things. I remember this from a teenager. I don't know why, but I do. I was raised in the church, so I believe the Word of God from a child. I have always believed that the Word of God is the Word of God. And there was something wrong in a made-for-TV movie that I saw long ago, the made-for-TV movie. I can't even tell you the name of the movie. I just remember the scene. And it stuck with me. The movie itself was about a new gospel that had been discovered. And so an investigative reporter was sent over to, probably over to Europe, maybe around Rome there, to investigate this new gospel that was discovered. Just a few years ago, we were talking about new gospels in the church. We were talking about the gospel of Thomas. These new gospels that were not really new new to us, yes, but they were two to three or four hundred years after the time of Christ, so not really new. But there are some in the church saying that we should include these, like the gospel of Thomas, into the church. And all someone did two or three hundred years after the time of Christ steal the name of Thomas, put it on a gospel, and say this is truth. It's not. So that's what this guy was investigating. He was teamed up with this young female theology student. And at one point, the investigative reporter, and he said, the things you do don't line up with the things you believe. I see the things that you are doing physically, and they don't line up with what the Bible teaches Her response was something like this. My mind belongs to God. My body is my own. I can do what I want with my body. My mind belongs to God. You can't separate it. You can't. I think that's why I remembered this. Because you can't say, oh, you know, my mind's God. My body's my own. I can do what I want. No. The whole body, soul, and spirit, all three work in Unity, they must work in unity. James 2.18 tells us, if you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. James' faith coincided with the works, the things that he did. What he was doing in his body identified him as a Christian. He said the two can't be separated. Our faith being accomplished by works helps others see the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ It is only while we are in these bodies of flesh, our soma, that we have this opportunity of salvation. Here's a key point. Many in the church, they've gotten this wrong. There's part of our church today that believes that your loved ones can pray you from purgatory into heaven. The Bible doesn't teach this. It's not in the 66 books of the Bible that we have. The Bible does not teach this. It's only while we are in these bodies of flesh, the soma, that we are able to accomplish salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. It has been appointed to men to die once, and after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. In his humanity, Jesus died. He was buried like all humans before him and since his time and like all of us if we should live and die of natural causes before the lord's second coming 
We will all follow the same path. Jesus lived, Jesus died. The difference is death could not hold our Savior. The difference is Jesus resurrected from the grave in three days. The difference, 40 days later, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. The difference is Jesus is coming again. He's coming for his church, the redeemed of the Lord. He who has come to save completely, wholly, our whole spirit, souls, and bodies. Thomas Watson, one of the early church fathers, said to serve God, to love God, to enjoy God, is the sweetest freedom in the world. The sweetest freedom in the world. I have went over 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 24. I'm going to add to it now. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely or wholly. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says in verse 24, he who calls you is faithful and also will do it. He who calls you, Jesus is faithful. He will see it accomplished. May the God of peace himself. It's God who sanctifies. It's God who brings us in that complete sanctification of our whole spirit, soul, and body. And he who calls you is faithful, and he will see that it is accomplished, that it is done. Salvation is the work of Christ. Jesus Christ, who paid the debt owed in order that we might be able to walk in fellowship with God. He paid our debt owed that we might walk in fellowship with God, our whole spirit, soul, and body. Let's go back to the beginning and the keeper of the flame. In reverse order, I'm going to touch on both of those television movie spots that I did in the introduction. Now we get toward the very end of the movie where Spencer Tracy, Steve O'Malley, discovers that their national hero was not what they thought. It was Catherine Hepburn, Forster's wife, that unveiled this truth. And in the movie itself, she knew that the bridge was out. And she thought for the betterment of the country, it'd be better that if this guy just drives off the bridge and get it over with than to save him. That's what she chose to do. And he was trying to figure out why in the world would you allow your husband to die? And there's a little bit more to this, but I want to get to the bottom line of what was said. It's pretty amazing because it seems like they were writing the script of today. Christine, her name, Christine, she said, I saw the enemy. O'Malley said, Robert Forrest? I said, Foster is Forrest. Christine said, the morning of the accident, I stole his keys. I came here to open this, and this is what I found. And so she's acting in this, and so I'll try to fill it in just a little bit. The key to Robert Forrest's fascist organization Oh, they didn't call it fascism. They painted it red, white, and blue and called it Americanism. In here are the funds to see it through. Fantastic amounts subscribed by a few private individual tech companies. Just add that in to you. To whom money didn't mean anything but wanted political power. They knew they could never get it by democratic means. There's a list of their names, so she shows the list. This is the essence of their plan. She shows the plan. 
Here are some of the articles ready for release. So they'd already wrote the news stories, ready to be released. All to stir up a little hatreds of the whole nation against one another. This is an article to be published about anti-Semitic paper attacking the Jews. This is one to used in the Farmer's Gazette to stir up against them the city dwellers. Here's one attacking the Catholics, anti-Negro, anti-labor, anti-trade union. A subtle appeal to the KKK. Here's a list of the newspaper editors who either sought to occupy public office or sought to dictate who should occupy the public office when they failed felt that the public was a great stupid beast when they failed public they don't know what they're doing the public here's a list of men who served their country in the last war they were failures in business they longed for power and rank and the prestige of a uniform in there is the names the addresses of men who were designated to be america's first stormtroopers but what was really shocking to me was a complete cynicism of this plan. Each of these groups was simply to be used until its usefulness was exhausted. Hates were to be played against hates. If one group threatened to get too powerful, it would be killed off by another group. And in the end, all these poor little people who never knew to what purpose they were lending themselves would be in the same chains, cowed and enslaved in Robert Forrest and his handful of power-thirsty henchmen cracking the whips. A few lines later, Steve O'Malley told Forrest's wife that people need to know about this, and she was thinking, but it will destroy them. And here's where the reporter maybe today gets it wrong. Christine, people are not children. Sometimes they act like children. When you get them scared or confused, but down in their hearts, they know they're not afraid. They want truth and they can take it. Sadly, it seems that the Tracy Hepburn movie is being played out in our country today. And although forces of evil are trying to turn our nation, our own government against our people, true freedom begins through faith in Jesus Christ. Our founding fathers understood this. They built a constitution that in its formation was the understanding that ultimate truth was found in the word of God and that this should be our standard of truth. In our nation today, people are saying that the Bible is no longer a standard of truth that we need to listen to. In fact, that was said in the Congress at the beginning of this year. We do not heed that word anymore here in the halls of Congress. They are wrong. That TV image of a young man, a trans, dressed like a woman, with the image that said superimposed over her, him, pride is freedom. This actually comes from a book from a man who lived the trans life for eight years his book is called Trans Life Survivors, Testimonials Within the Book. There was a young man named Michael who said in this book, I quote, let's get down to the bottom line here. The only way a person can truly be free 
break the bondage of this sin or any other is to acknowledge their creator that we are not God, to recognize that we need a savior and to repent of our sins. Only then can a person experience true forgiveness, freedom, and lasting peace. The Bible tells us in John 8, 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Let's stand together. Here at Calvary Chapel of Lake Villa, we have a motto that says, Believe, receive, grow, and go. The importance of first believing that there is a God, second, receiving His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, third, growing in our faith, learning what God's Word says, and fourth, going and telling others about Jesus. These things we just need to get ingrained in our minds because in our world it's getting harder to do. So let's say this together, and we'll say the uh, believe, and then we'll say the Bible address, Hebrews eleven six, the verse. You guys will say the address again. I'll forget to say it. <laughs> and then we'll move to the next point. We say together, believe, Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. We have to believe that God is. Secondly, we have to receive. Romans five seventeen. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ Romans 5:17 It's not just believing that there is a God you have to receive Jesus Christ into your hearts as your savior I pray that you do know him as savior if not please if you're listening on the radio through Facebook email us at cclv@comcast.net we'd love to correspond with you cclv at comcast.net and if you're here with us today please talk with myself pastor kevin who's grilling right now for our lunch but um, talk to someone here there's several in our congregation who can lead you to jesus christ but you have to reach out and third we say together grow second peter 3:18. but grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Second Peter 3.18. And finally, we have to go. And we say together, Matthew 28.19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Amen. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Again, I've already mentioned that if you have questions regarding faith, if you pray to receive Jesus, if you're watching through social media or listening on the radio, please email us at cclv at comcast.net, cclv at comcast.net, cclv.org can get you to our church website. You can learn how to Donate to our ministry or learn other information about our church there at cclv.org. So, Father, we thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. 
If there are any in this congregation, Lord, they don't know you as Savior, but they know, Lord, that they need to be set free. They know, Lord, that the whole spirit and soul and body, they need that fellowship that we looked at today. Please, Lord, let them cry out to you, our Savior Jesus and life-saving faith. And Lord, let them talk to either someone here in the church, myself, Pastor Kevin, or others, Lord, that can explain this gift of life to them. I pray for those who are listening through radio on social media. I pray, Father, that again, you would be with them who, Lord, perhaps they just, it's a day of rededication. It's a day of salvation. It's a day for any of us, Lord, who want to draw closer to you. Help us, Lord, to know the Son makes you free. You shall be free indeed. We pray, Lord, that you'd bless this church. We pray, Lord, for a blessing of the gifts given to this fellowship. We pray, Jesus, that you'd watch over us this day. Thank you for this country, for the freedoms, Lord, we still have to come and to worship you and that we celebrate in this country. Because, Lord, you have given us these freedoms. Help us not neglect them. And I pray, Father, that your church would rise up in strength. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.